to the very first episode of Friends on the Fringe. Ethan, are you here with me? Yes, I am. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here, too. This is an exciting new adventure for both of us. We're both a little bit seasoned in podcasts, uh, but we decided we wanted to have uh, uh, a thinky friend podcast. I think that's a technical term. That's right. Mm-hmm. So I'm Mike. This is Ethan. We're part of Campus 180. Uh, we're a campus ministry. Um, where are we from, Ethan? Or where are you from? I am from rural central New York, and I focus right now a lot on the online ministry that we have. And then what we've got people in Massachusetts. Lots of them. Most of us are in New York. We've got uh, a plant going on in Pennsylvania, and we've got another ministry in Oregon, all the way on the other side of the country. Uh, You forgot my favorite place, Rochester, New York, where I'm from. I'm part of the MCC, Monroe Community College campus, but I also do a lot of online stuff. As uh, This might be a free advertisement, but we have a Discord called Campus 180 Social. Um, and we also have an, uh, another one for Twitch gamers, Campus 180 Fun. So I'll make sure to put those in the description if you like us. Anyways, why are we here? Philosophically, no. Well, I think we're here to, to have an open discussion about different topics that uh, are on people's hearts and minds and some people have one side of it and other people have the others and what we're passionate about is what does the bible say as well about some of these topics that we're going to bring up so i'm excited to to get into some of our topics Mm -hmm. and this might come as a shocker but the bible actually might have some common sense on these issues that yes that people who have no idea what the Bible is might actually say, hey, that makes sense. And, you know, we're, I think we're hoping to get that point across as well. And maybe there's someone who hasn't read the Bible and doesn't know what it says, and they might be like, oh, well, the Bible says that. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Although, disclaimer, you are free to disagree with us and or throw your shoe at your computer if we say anything you don't like. Mm-hmm. Anyway, should, should we get started? Yeah, did, did we have a letter sent in by a reader, no. listener? Yes, yes. Uh, so this is our friend, Mary Washington from Walla Walla, Washington. No relation. Hello, Mary. Hello, Mary. Um, She writes, Dear Mike and Ethan, Thank you for starting this podcast. I wanted to bring up a story where I was walking down the street. I saw a homeless person who was asking for money. Um, I gave him $10 and he was very thankful. Later, I saw that same homeless person using that money to buy alcohol 
and I felt so disheartened and so discouraged. I never want to give money to the homeless again. I should have just gave him a Bible track. Sincerely, Mary Washington. Well, that's a, that's a pretty interesting scenario that we have or yes and so maybe may, was it was it wine and did he also get crackers maybe he was buying some communion supplies you know I, she didn't specify but you know if that's the answer then we don't really have to go over this topic right maybe it's a homeless pastor trying to feed his flock maybe mm-hmm. but i think i think that the root of the question would be should we give money to the poor yes that be the the question. Hmm. It's the topic that never goes away. Anyone who's ever lived in a city has seen panhandlers, people on intersections with those cardboard signs saying anything helps. And it's so obvious that they want something from us. Um, and as Christians, we love, we should love to give things because we are a giving community. But the question is, is there a right way to give? Well, before I think about my faith and my Bible, I earned that money. Why do they get it? Like, I think my first response would be, luck sucks for you. <laughs> Too bad. Get a job, hippie. Yeah. Isn't that, that might be my Bible. Yeah, I did. Um, I'm supposed to work hard. Um, and then she, you know, so should I give them, so she asked the question, I think, like, should I, should I have given them money? Should I have bought them something? Um, yeah, well, there's an option, you know. So should I give money? What, and what if, what if, what if they do something with the money I give them that wasn't what I thought? Right. Like she, she probably assumed, oh, the guy needs some food or some something to drink or Maybe some money for a shelter, and then she's uh, well. Maybe maybe someone else gave him money for that as well. You know, if he was on the street, maybe right. they one. In New York City, if you sit in Times Square, uh, I mean, I read this article once. Panhandlers make a thousand a day, which you know really really makes me think I'm in the wrong profession. That's true. I, I know when I was living in downtown Minneapolis, there was a. Um, husband and wife they got caught panhandling and then someone got suspicious and followed them into their bmw car in the parking garage that they paid 20 dollars a day to park in and a bmw but they were making big bucks um and it's it's a there's an article and video on that somewhere but so should we not trust anyone who asks us money what what if what if they're lying i think that's it i think we found the answer don't help anyone. No one is trustworthy. So, so that brings up a good question, right? So, it, what, what if they're lying? So that brings up: Is it our job to decide if we should give or not if we don't know exactly how they're going to use it? I've heard two different sides of the spectrum. One is give liberally. Don't ask questions. Just know you're doing it out of. Uh, you're doing it out of your sacrifice, and it's it's not up to you to know what they're going to do. And the other side is, you know, be smart, you idiot. You know, your money's going down the toilet when you do that. 
And so you got to think of some smart things to do. <clears throat> yeah. We d yeah, we definitely have to think of think of are we being good stewards with our money, right? Mm -hmm. Am I supposed to trust that God will use it or am I supposed to not trust the person because of where they're at in life? In some ways, I mean, this is going to be, uh, is, is giving money to the homeless like giving a suicidal person a gun? Like you're just, you're enabling them. So I don't know if I share this with you, but I got a buddy and he was living in North Carolina, fairly new to the faith. And there was a homeless ministry and him and his wife had a huge passion for the homeless ministry. And kid you not. They were doing it like once or twice a month and Matt and his wife decided we're going to do it more than that. So he started, started using his own money, even, uh, you know, had a guy who stayed at his house. Um, but eventually they were doing more ministry on the streets and the pastor heard about it and he was ticked off. And he told Matt not to do it as much because he was enabling them. By giving them food, he was making it so that they could stay on the streets and beg instead of helping them get a job. Um, and so Matt is a new Christian was very confused. I thought I was supposed to help the poor, but the spiritual leader says I'm helping him too much. Could you help the poor too much? Can you help the poor too much? Um, when I did missions trips in Toronto, there was a no giving to panhandlers policy. Um, you're allowed to give them dignity and give them eye contact and say, no, I'm sorry, I don't have anything. But, uh, you, you know, you're not supposed to give them any money because the church knew that it was for drugs. So I always thought, you know, that was the rule to follow. You know, give them conversation, give them dignity, just don't give them money. That's true. And there, there might be some people that grew up where I grew up in the country where you don't see homeless people. There's homeless people, but you never see them on the streets begging because they wouldn't make enough money in that poor farming rural area that I grew up. So when I moved to Minneapolis, every single day I saw homeless people. Um, unless I stayed in my home, but anytime I drove anywhere, you would see someone on the street corner, if not multiple people. And it was awkward. The first time I was walking downtown and someone walked up to me, hey, man, actually, I took my wife. Uh, we were only there a couple of weeks, took her to Subway and we're coming out of the Subway on a little date, you know, and it's Subway, real fancy date at Subway. <laughs> and um, as we're coming to the parking lot to my car, this gentleman comes up to me. He goes, hey, when go in there and buy me a sub. Like, no, how are you doing? And I said, sorry, I don't have any cash on me. All I have is my card. There's an ATM across the street. Go pull out 20 bucks and buy me a sub. And I was like, excuse me? Like, you didn't even ask. You're just demanding. And I was like, no. And then he was like, well, oh, man, I thought people are supposed to be nice, man. Are you a Christian? And I was like, I, I never said I was. I am. But that doesn't. I was so confused. He made me feel guilty. Um, yeah, awkward. I was like, oh, am I supposed to give him everything? Uh, it made me think of there's this rich ruler who, who comes to Jesus and says, hey, what do I need to do to, to gain eternal life? And he says, obey these commands. And the guy says, which ones? And Jesus talks kind of through the old the Ten Commandments. And he says, I've done that, which I think he was lying. Um, and then Jesus says, OK, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. 
and he couldn't do it. So was I supposed to give that guy everything? Everyone trips on that story. It would have been so much easier if Jesus had said, okay, buy me a sub. Um, that would have been... That's right. <clears throat> I would be more comfortable with that advice. Yeah. Um, so another one for me, living in downtown Minneapolis, um, eventually you start hearing the same stories, and you're like, wait. So, so one that we heard many times, but the first time I did it, I gave the guy 20 bucks because I was worried. So they, they come running up to you. Hey, man, hey, man, my, my, my car just ran out of gas. My wife is on, in labor. We're on the way to the hospital. I just need 20 bucks to put gas in the car. And I'm like, well, that's a, that's an emergency. Yeah, here's 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 some money. I have 20, but here's 10 and one, two ones. You know, here's 12 bucks. Oh, thank you so much, man. God bless you. You're awesome. Two weeks later, different guy, same location, running up to me. Hey, man, my wife's pregnant. And and I didn't give him money. I was like, nah, no joke. Within a month or two, same exact thing from a different guy. And so I just, I was upset. I was like, man. So I called his bluff, Mike. I said, you know what, sir? I'll go with you. I'll fill your van completely to the full. It will be like 60 bucks at that time. And now it would be like 100 something with gas prices. But... I told him, I will fill your gas. No, I just need some money. I said, no, you're either lying or I'll fill your gas tank. And then he got mad at me for calling out, calling him out. Uh, but it wasn't until I heard the story three or four times and realized there can't be this many people that are taking their wife to the hospital and run out of gas in the same location in with less than four months. I got news for you. I fell for that same thing too. And... <laughs> Um, I swear, there's like, the homeless have like a grift network. What I've noticed in Rochester is being homeless is a full-time job. Like, you have shifts on different street corners. You have to, you know, there's a, there's a manual, like a handbook you have to follow um, for getting the sale. And you, you kind of have to respect your fellow, you know, your co-workers. You can't, you can't infringe on their territory. You know, you get X amount of time in your little cubicle. You have to make the sale. You know, you're only as good as your last sale. I mean, I never, I never thought homelessness would be so complicated. So we're in Minneapolis and we would, as a ministry, as our college ministry, Campus 180, we would take students and we would go and feed the homeless and make bag lunches and hand them out. Um, very seldomly we would have someone say no to free food. Um, but one time we had this gentleman who was walking Saturday around lunchtime, <clears throat> downtown Minneapolis, right in Nicolet Avenue. And we said, hey, we're giving out free lunches. Would you like one? I'm not homeless. Why do you think I'm homeless? I didn't say he was homeless. I just said, hey, we have free food. But man, he he did not want to associate himself to get free food, a free bag lunch, because he didn't want to see think that other people thought he was homeless. And he was like yelling at us, how dare you think I'm homeless? I was like, we were just handing out free food and asking people if we can pray for him. But you mentioned the street corner, like there's rules. So while we're doing this, uh, there's this one spot right under a bridge. It was really busy because they can get some protection from the wind and the weather. And in Minneapolis, it gets pretty cold. And we saw a fight between the homeless people based on whose corner it was. 
like an all-out brawl, like just diving at each other. Then another guy jumps. There. We got three guys fighting over whose corner and who was allowed to, to capitalize on the money, the income for that corner for that hour or whatever. And we're just like, man, that's not cool. Right. It's, it, you know, it blows your mind. And with all that, um, I guess we can say that the, the homeless is uh, – is like a racket and we should have nothing to do with it right because it's just a it's a pyramid scheme at its very best yeah i agree and if, there, if there's anyone still listening they're probably thinking what are we talking about right so we're having some fun with this but but i think maybe if we i i can be good at twisting the scriptures so i, I maybe had a couple ideas on why we should not help the homeless in the bible oh Okay. And so if I wanted to be a righteous Christian and think that I didn't need to help the homeless, um, and then we will look at some scriptures that say maybe why we should. But I think uh, one would be Jesus. We only see Jesus giving money to the government, right? Someone says, should I pay taxes? And he looks at the coin and says, whose name is on it? Well, Caesar. Give to Caesar what is Caesar. Does he actually, does Jesus actually ever give money himself to the poor and i don't think we see that in scripture so we're supposed to be like jesus right what would jesus do he would heal them or or give him food or he made i mean he'd make food out of almost thin air right he'd have two fishes and feed thousands and i can't do that but jesus he didn't really give money to the poor so i don't think i should give money to the poor right not a single cent left his domain well i guess Technically, our government's in big, big time debt. So I am given to the poor when they pay my taxes. Yes, absolutely. There's also that story um, where Jesus uh, makes a coin magically appear in a fish. And so we know Jesus wasn't strapped for cash. He could find the money. He just did not give it to, he gave it to the government. That's the weirdest place to give it. I guess we're, if we're talking about marketing schemes, they're no better. And I think one of them um, in John twelve six, um, he did not say this because he cared about the poor. This is referring to Judas, but because he was a thief as a keeper of the money bag he used to help himself to what was put into it. And so we do see the disciples having lots of money in this is referring to, to Judas. Maybe it was, there was two Judases. Maybe this was a good Judas, and this was a, a good example. Uh, another one, I, I want to go to the Old Testament real quick, right? So we got these really religious people called prophets back then, um, and one is called Elisha, and he is, um, long story short, he goes into a house and is a widow, and he's like, hey, what do you got in there? And she says, your maidservant has nothing in this house but a jar of oil. And he still makes her use the oil. Now, if you read the story, there's some awesome things happen. But he, she's completely poor, and he still says, we need to use your oil for me, not for you and your family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Maybe that's what we should give to us, and they will be yeah. blessed. Yeah, that, that could be another one. Are there any other ways we could twist some scripture here? And uh, oh, uh, there's one. It says, "When you are weak, he is strong." Yes. And if I want to misquote, uh, I, I was uh, 
preaching at a church last week and I was talking about the Sermon on the Mount and sometimes people misquote the Beatitudes, which are blessed are the poor, but it says the poor in spirit. But sometimes I could say blessed are the poor. Uh, and so that if I wanted to, to, to cut the, the verse short and take it out of context, I could say blessed are the poor. Um, so be poor. You guys are going to be blessed if you poor. So you don't need my luck. You won't be blessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another pretty sad Come on, movie. Ethan. No one's taking the Bible out of context. Don't be the first guy ever to do that. Now, now what if they're not believers, though, Mike? Am I supposed to help a non-believer? What, if it's a believer, another member of my church, maybe I should help them. But what if they're not even a believer in Jesus? Well, there's a few thoughts on this. One, if you're giving money... You're not giving the gospel. You're not giving a way to find Jesus. Uh, so what kind of message are you sending if you're just giving someone cash? I mean, maybe you could give them a coupon for, you know, $15 off a Bible. That would be that would be better than giving money. Yeah. I think so. And we could just tell them if they would just say the Lord's Prayer. Give us today our daily bread. And another verse says, if you ask in my name, it'll happen. And James chapter one says, if you ask with faith. So we need to teach them to ask in Jesus' name in faith. And he'll get the, the bread will fall from the sky like the Old Testament with the manna. Yeah. And what if they All smell my paychecks. All my paychecks have come directly from prayer. Oh, I, teach me that prayer. <laughs> Sometimes I get six paychecks a day just because I don't stop praying. Um, what if what if they have a felony record, or or they're really smelly? Uh, well, I think that's under the the I don't want to do it because ew, which is very theological. Yeah, I think that's in uh, First Michael. Um, Thou yeah, shalt not help. If it's gross, don't come close. I'm trying to think if there's any other uh, ways we could think that the Bible somehow would say we don't need to help the poor. Uh, I mean, uh, sometimes we could, you know, there's we could pull a Pharisee and say, "Thank God I'm not that person." Um, in our prayers, and thank God that I'm not poor beggar. So well, maybe we could get a little more serious here, right? Like, well, does the Bible say anything about what we should do with the homeless, Mike? Uh, well, apparently there's a book after Psalms that loves the poor. I think it's Proverbs. Proverbs, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what's, uh, do you have a, which one would you, would you start with what, if I wanted to read a verse oh. in Proverbs? Let's see, there is Proverbs 14.21. Whoever despises his neighbor is a sinner, but blessed is he who is generous to the poor. Yeah, but that's like an old man. What about Proverbs 19.17? Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he'll repay him for his deed. (coughs) I've always wanted to lend to the Lord. Yeah, because God must need our help, right? We need to lend him stuff. Yeah. 
or God's more like a bank. You know, we have to build interest and credit. Yeah. Uh, Proverbs fourteen thirty one: He who oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker, but whoever is kind to the needy honors God. That that one kind of stabs my heart, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he who oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker. Wow. Yikes. Wow. So. That's Old Testament. I mean, that's like, that's long ago. Is there any like New Testament stuff that might be helpful for me to? We have James, who's like, uh, uh, you know, professed brother of Jesus. And he's kind of like, if he had, if he had a college doctorate, it would be in Proverbs studies. So uh, he writes in two, chapter 2, verse 5, Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs to the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? So that's him talking about the poor um, as having a special place in God's heart. Uh, James one twenty seven says, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Well, that's that's pretty that's pretty uh, right to the point. Religion that our that God our Father accepts as pure is to look after the orphans and widows in their distress. Have you ever helped the homeless before, Mike? Do you have a, a story, whether it went good or bad? Oh, so, okay. I have <laughs> stories that make me feel good and also stories that are nightmares. So which one do you want, the good story or the nightmare? Well, let's go with the nightmare. Nightmare. Okay, so Lynn and I, uh, that's Lynn's my wife, and we we like to make like snack baggies and like goodie baggies for you know the panhandlers in Rochester and so in this particular case she wanted to add socks to the to the bundle which is great who doesn't need socks so <coughs> we I find out that um, we run out of snacks but there's still socks left so um and usually there's like a word of encouragement that comes with these. So all I have is like this, this kind of this pamphlet on encouraging Bible verses and a pair of socks. And I find a guy on the street corner and I say, you know, God bless you. Here you go. You know, no snack, just socks. Um, you know, he looks at it and he's like, I'm more Christian than you. I've known God longer than you have. You know, you know, I, I have more faith than you do. And I'm like, oh, okay, God bless. <laughs> and then I look down and he has no feet. So I just gave socks to a man who has no feet. And I'm feeling like this has to be brand X on how to give to the poor. Like this is, this is how you don't do it. I could write a book just based on this interaction on wow. everything you shouldn't do wow that's really impressive mm-hmm. that is uh 
real quick, it made me think of another famous passage in the Bible. Um, it's not giving, actually it was helping give money. Uh, you got the par parable of the Good Samaritan. And ironically, it wasn't the the priest or the Levite who helped him, but it was the foreigner, the stranger, right, that helped him. And then he takes him all the way to an inn and then even pays for any of his needs and his stay. Um, and, and that made me think of, uh, I had a, a, a nightmare happened and I tried to remedy it. Um, so, this will be two two nightmares in one actually so i used to be if you're in minneapolis there's a great homeless ministry called in love word and deed and our church used to partner with it every three weeks we would especially in the winter it's freezing cold in minnesota so we would uh, let people come into the church and uh, women could get their hair done their nails done uh, get free food tons of clothes because it's freezing socks for people that have feet um, coats hats all kinds of stuff and one, a couple of times, we'd also feed them dinner. And I'm passionate. I've got two kids. I want my kids to see me serving God all the time. So I brought my little daughter with me and my son. And my daughter, we're helping serve spaghetti. Okay. And so my daughter's like three, maybe, got little pigtails, blonde, cute. Um, and she's helping me serve spaghetti plates to the homeless people as we're coming in. And another Christian at my church was very upset. Ethan, why on earth do you bring your kids to a homeless ministry? That doesn't make any sense. And I just laughed at him, kind of like smiled at him and was like, why wouldn't I? And he was just, he was like, because it's a dangerous place. You never know what they might do. You, you, you brought your daughter here. And I just ignored him. And I went down and I went and ate and sat next to a guy named Ed. And my daughter and I sat and had, and he wasn't real talkative, but we talked a little bit and um, everyone who looked at my little daughter was, you know, she's so cute. She was so cute. She still is, but they would smile at her. That was Friday night. I think there's no, that was Saturday night. Sunday morning, uh, we also would and say, if you want to come to church, come early. And we've got a homeless breakfast. And, you know, you can come to a Sunday school, get out of the cold, have a free breakfast. If you want to listen to the Bible study, you can. And then. Um, go from and then there's a church service afterwards if anyone wanted to they didn't have to show up it wasn't a requirement to get the food long story short um this gentleman not sure what he did saturday night but he was under the influence still sunday morning of something he decided to sit near the front of the church and he decided to interrupt the church service with kind of like mumbling and then he was accusing the pastor of something that didn't make any sense um, and, and the pastor, you know, there's 100, 200 people there. And so usually it's not a participation time. And so the pastor even said, you know, sir, if you want to talk, I'd be glad to talk to you after the service. Like just stumbling over his words. And he said, sir, this is the time for me to, you know, give my message. This is a monologue. It's exactly what he said. Um, you know, it's a monologue. This is my time. I'd love to chat with you afterwards. If you got any concerns, you know, we'll talk about it. And he just kept making a disturbance, you know, in the church. And so, um, and the other pastor came over and, you know, said, hey, come with me, sir. And he took him outside, put him outside the church and then came right back in and sat down. And I'm like, wait, all we did is kick him out so we can be comfortable. So I was honestly a little upset about that. And it was the same guy that I ate dinner with the night before I knew his name, but he was definitely not, not, or in his normal state but I went outside and he is swearing up a storm he's screaming at me I sit down next to him 
And finally I said, hey, Ed, and he looks at me like, how do you know my name? I said, do you remember eating spaghetti last night? He's just like, you're still yelling at me. And I said, do you remember a little girl that serves you food? He snapped, like he changed and goes, yeah, I do remember that. But to me, that's almost like a modern day parable of the Good Samaritan, right? Like the senior pastor, he wasn't able to, in the role he had preaching at the time with all the people to address it. So the next guy, another pastor comes through and just takes him and puts him outside. And I just felt the burden on my heart to be like, I don't think that's what Jesus would have. Jesus would have sat with him. You know, the, the assistant pastor did not need to come back and just sit in the service. He could have sat with him. So I went outside and I sat with him for about 20 minutes. We talked, we prayed, he calmed down. Uh, but it just made me think that Christians are afraid. You know, I got yelled at for bringing my kids to the homeless ministry. And then both religious leaders were either weren't able to or just didn't really meet his needs at the time. They just said, yeah, you're an inconvenience. See you later. Um, and then I got one more, one more crazy nightmare. So at that church, I would, I would serve food. Um, I originally started serving food for the college students and we had the homeless ministry. So I helped cook food for the college students and I was helping cook food for the homeless ministry. Well, a couple of times I'd wake up and somehow these homeless people would get into the church and I'd go into my, I went into my Sunday school room early to set up the, the grit, the griddle and get all the pancake batter out. And there's a dude sleeping under a table. Uh, and I woke him up when I turned the lights on. I was real nice. I said, how are you doing, sir? He was not not awake yet, I thought. Anyway, long story short, I invite him to stay. You know, I'm cooking breakfast. We got bacon and pancakes and orange juice. And I, I serve him pancakes and he didn't have anything to drink and he's not real talking. So I go give him some orange juice. <laughs> the dude is like inebriated, I can tell at this point. But he, he stands up and he punches me. And what? He, Dude, no joke. Like, it's bizarre. Like, I've already served him. I'm just trying to serve. Like, he should be in the room next to us, but that room's pretty full of homeless people. He's in our room. You can stay. I don't care. I'd love to help serve. He punches me, and he doesn't, like, he's not strong enough to knock me all the way over. But I take a step back, and I'm like, all right, God, help me. Help me. And I say, you know, calm down, sir. I'm just giving you orange juice. And he punches me again. What? Both times, like, once in the chest, once in the shoulder. And I'm like, all I'm trying to do is help the guy, right? So I've had some bad experiences. So eventually, I actually, at that point, because he's trying to get in a fight with me, I have him sit outside. I still give him the food and everything outside. And she says, sir, I just want you to sit. And, you know, I'm not, not, not trying to bug you. I just want to give you some food. So I've had some really, I've had a few bad experiences um, in this situation, getting punched, getting swore at. Um, but yet, that doesn't mean I stop. Right or I don't give to the homeless. Mm. Um, wow! And so it it can hurt, right? You, you might lose money. You could be hurt. You could be punched. Uh, you could be yelled at. But I think that's some of the times when it talks about being persecuted for our faith. Right? We're trying to do what God is calling us to do, and even if it doesn't work out, we should still try to do it. So, Ethan, all those are great points about giving. Uh, the big question on Christian's mind is, should it be food, money, Jesus, or a combination of all three? Food seems safe. You know, you can't, you can't sell the food for drugs, or at least it's very hard to. Um, and it's also very welcoming. 
money has more value than food, I'm guessing. But, you know, you can do all kinds of evil with that. Jesus, I mean, that's eternal. Eternal good news. But it's also very insulting when someone's asking you for food or money and you're giving them a lecture. Yeah, and I think that goes back to the uh, Mary Washington's question. Like, what, should I even help them at all? Should I give them money? And so after being in Minneapolis for a few years, I, and talking with other people, other Christians that had a heart for ministry, um, I had a buddy who uh, was in our ministry, and his name was Garyan. So him and I would walk around downtown, and Garyan would do it on his own as well. And when we found someone, we would say, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to lunch. Why don't you come with me, and I'll buy your lunch with you. So what that did is one, it enabled, it stopped Mary's concern about what are they going to do with the money. It met a need because they need to eat, but it also gave me an opportunity to talk to them. So, so I like that recommendation. Now, if you're a female and maybe that'd be a little awkward taking a homeless man out to lunch, uh, what should they do? Well, as I am getting older and wiser. I'm finding that there's no bad way to give to the homeless unless you do that socks incident. But uh, if you're steer clear of that, you're good. Those who give money, I don't think they're necessarily doing the work of Satan. Um, I, I think they're giving out of the generosity of their heart. They're taking action in a need to give and... <clears throat> we're not responsible for the evil that people use with the money. Um, I don't think it's the smartest way to give because it, I think it's the least amount of impact you'll make in that person's life because you're just one of a, a hundred other people giving. Um, Lynn and I, we try to find a compromise where we give like you know, snack baggies and mm -hmm. maybe uh, a biblical word of encouragement, which could either go some way. Maybe God is using it to inspire them, or maybe, maybe they're just throwing it out and being like, Ugh, "Typical Christians." Yeah, and so we should give some suggestions to people. So we got snack bags. Um, Maybe, maybe taking them to lunch or giving them some actual physical needs. Um, what if I feel like I'm supposed to give, but I'm not sure where I should give or, but I want it to be the most fruitful. You know, I'm, I'm supposed to be a steward of my money and I want my 10 bucks to, to make the biggest difference. Are there, are there some suggestions that you might have for people to give? Um, well, here's another thought. Um, is it okay to put a boundary on not giving any any stuff to you know panhandlers but you know all your work and all your your riches kind of go to um you know nonprofit places like soup kitchens and you know shelters would that be okay if you you know, and if someone were to ask you, it's like, no, I'm sorry, I don't have anything to give, but, you know, here are some places I know of that can take care of you. Do you think that would be a viable option? 
I think it definitely could be. One downside would be if I give $100 to a food bank, is all 100 of it going to go to the food homeless or is some of it going to pay the employees and the organization, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because the employees are going to be trained on how to help them the best. So I, I think that's a, a great idea is find a legit or a nonprofit that's, that's passionate about helping those in need would be a great situation. And so I think we look at this as a, and, you know, I think it's a, we have this people pleasing part of us that's like, oh, you know, I, I have to, I have to give the homeless exactly what they're asking for. And in the Bible, you know, especially with Peter, uh, he, he doesn't do that. He's like, I don't have money to give you, but you know, here's here's some healing, which is great. Yes, Peter says, I have no silver or gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. What if we tried that? Like, you know, I have no money, but in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, free house. Or <laughs> no, Mike, you should have been in the name of Jesus, have feet. Yeah. I, oh my gosh. I would scare myself silly. You have little works. faith. Yeah. Oh, but I, I think it's important for us to ask God to give us guidance. James 1 5 says, if anyone lacks wisdom, ask God. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's an important verse to say, okay, God, if, if I'm supposed to be helping those in need, as we talked about Old Testament and New Testament verses, legit verses that talk about it. Um, and if we have never done it ourselves, then, then we should be asking uh, God, how, how do you want us to use, whether it's our money, our time, our resources? So that's another thing I suggest. The college students, right? We work with college students. College students aren't rich. They don't have a lot of extra money, but they have time and they have energy. Um, so that's another way to help. If you can't give money, um, I love taking, you'd be shocked at how many college students, people in their 20s, I take to a food bank or a homeless shelter um, to pack lunches, and they've never done it. So even in my small redneck town where I live, I've taken in the last three years over 20 people from my church to a food bank the next town over. And we've got people in their 70s that have gone, and they've never, ever helped pack lunches or help with a food bank, uh, as well as teenagers that have never done it. And so... A lot of Christians haven't really seeked out with, with earnesty, how can I help those that are in need? And so that's a, a challenge I think Mike and I want to give to our listeners is if you're not currently asking God how you can do it, we would like you to, to try that and say, God, what, what do you have for me? Where do you have me give and help? And Yeah. And might I be bold enough to say that if you're in a city where you see like panhandlers on a regular basis, that could be God trying to say, here is a simple way to serve. Or maybe just trying to get your attention that, hey, the homeless still exist. You need to think about a way to serve them. And the easiest thing to do is you drive by and, oh, there's a homeless person. I don't want to talk to him. Praying for him is a start. It's not the end all. It's it's a start. We can pray for him. We should be doing that. 
but I think sometimes Christians, we just like to pray and sit and, and, and trust that someone else will do the job. So I, I think prayer is a start, but not an end all. Right. Yeah. You ask for wisdom and then you see what's to go from there. I necessarily don't think that what I give to panhandlers is my greatest contribution. Um, but there is like a soup kitchen that it runs out of a motel in Rochester. And I'm always trying to get people in Campus 180 to try this, but um, people who lost their jobs or lost their apartments because of uh, COVID regulations, um, it's a soup kitchen just for those people. They get to stay in the motel until they can finally get a house back. Hmm. And then they get fed dinner um, Monday through Friday. And what would you say to those Christians that would say, that's not fair. I'm working my butt off trying to make ends meet, and those people are getting stuff for free. Oh, my gosh. We're talking about uh, biblical ethics in government policies. Uh, I would say, mm, gosh, Ethan, you just opened up a can of worms. Maybe this is another topic because we're talking about fairness, right? We're thinking that yeah. things should be fair and equal. and uh, But I think back to those Bible verses we talked about is the whole point is to love our neighbor. And our neighbor might be homeless. Our neighbor might need a tire change. They might, they, who knows what they might mean. It might be money. It might not be. Yeah. You're given what people need at the moment. And... You know the scary truth about that is a lot of the people, a lot of the panhandlers we meet on the street, they not only need money and food, they probably need a counselor, they need a support group, they need stability, and then maybe after all those stuff, months and months of that stuff, we can talk about writing their resume and you know getting them back into the workforce if they're even physically capable of doing that. Yeah. And another one would be people often assume that, well, they made bad decisions, that's why they're there. Now, that, that can be the case a lot of times, but not always. As you said, what if I lost my job because of COVID? My, my business couldn't be open. And yeah. I knew a guy who had a business and he had employees and couldn't keep, he couldn't be open because of COVID, so he had to fire his employees. And he lost his business. So now what? Right? It wasn't his fault. Um, and so we gotta. We, we shouldn't be thinking, well, it's their fault. We shouldn't be looking for blame. We should just be saying, here's an opportunity for me to serve. Because that's what Jesus would do. Right. And, yeah, anyone who lives in the city can see that there's such a great need. You, you could literally serve at this every day if you just learned how to roll down your window give a snack bag give a word of encouragement i mean that's just thinking off the top of my head there's there's countless other ways we've talked about how to do it nope. i've given people rides i don't necessarily recommend picking up hitchhikers or giving people rides but i've done it before um it can be yeah. There can be lots of different ways. Actually, one time my my wife actually brought home a girl and let her stay in our house, and I was like, "What? What did you do? We don't know who this person is. This is awkward." Um, 
And then it was just one night, but then my wife was trying to say, okay, she needed to get back to work. My wife worked downtown at the church. And we're like, all right, you know, get ready. You know, we're going to leave in 20 minutes. It's like almost an hour later. She, she, I don't know if she had a hot shower in who knows how long, but she was in the shower for like an hour, almost an hour. Uh, and my wife was late for work and my wife was like, am I going to get in trouble? I was supposed to clock in. I'm losing time on my paycheck. Um, but we didn't, obviously didn't force her to get out and hurry up. We were trying to be patient and say, God, what are we supposed to do here? Um, but it's cool. I, I was, I, I honestly was very proud because my wife initiated, hey, she felt the need and felt God wanted her to bring this homeless person into our home for a night. We cooked her a meal um, and breakfast. Um, and so that was more of an extreme situation. I'm not saying everyone should do that because you also have to be smart about some of the things that we do. There's that word wisdom again. Um, well, if, I, go ahead. I just want to say, like, uh, I guess the best way is just start something, even if it's, even if it's uh, something small, like just taking your time out to make snack bags. So, Mike, real quick, tell what, what kind of snacks you put in those bags. Like, well, give us an example for someone who's maybe never done it, but thinking, "Ooh, I'll, I'll put some steak and fry." Like, what would you put in the snack bag for someone who's in need on the streets? It's we we do the peanut butter crackers, the you know the packaged ones. Um, nothing fancy, of course. If you're worried about allergies, you're not going to do the peanut butter crackers. You can do the cheese crackers. Um, granola bars are pretty sweet. If you got the if you got the budget, oranges. No one says no to an orange. Mm -hmm. um, juice boxes are great. Yeah. So every semester, we would have a retreat at our church downtown, and we would have. Students come and we'd, we'd play games, have devotionals, and in the morning, Saturday morning, it's Friday night to Saturday morning, we'd wake up, have breakfast, and then by 9.30, we would have an assembly line. And everyone, like, you know, Mike, you bring three loaves of bread. James, you bring a pound of ham. Sharon, you bring a pound of turkey. I'll bring cheese. Someone bring water and maybe some bag of chips. So we would, we would spend a little bit of money. We would put together a bag lunch. Um, but it was fun because we'd have an assembly line that'd be, you know, 50 pairs of pieces of bread together and we'd, you know, all bought it, you know, mayonnaise and just do everything, get it in a bag. And and so that would be more than a snack bag, but that was, you know, getting a lot of people involved together. And we'd go out in groups. Jesus sent the disciples out two by two, so we never recommended going by yourself. And we... Barely, I think maybe one time did we actually come back and not get rid of all of our lunches. Usually we wish we had more. Uh, we were just shocked at the opportunities, not just to give someone something, but to talk to them. Sometimes people don't have anyone to talk to, and then we would always say, hey, we believe in the power of prayer. Is there anything we can be praying for you for? So trying to do a physical need, some social need, and spiritual need if they're willing for or willing to accept it. And maybe this is the a great way to cap it off is that most people are worried that we're censoring the name of Jesus in the name of peanut butter crackers and that uh, 
you know, these people, they don't need food. They need a good lesson on sin, death, and the devil. And, but I have to say, like, the more you think about, the more you, you try to help people with their immediate needs and, you know, <clears throat> try to get to know them, it's amazing how the Jesus topic slips in. Like, you can't avoid it sometimes. And so, you know, you know, test me on this. Try to, try to meet people's needs and then see where, you know, God slips into the conversation. Definitely. Well, I hope Mary Washington is willing to listen to the whole babble of us. Uh-huh. I hope we answered Mary's question and, and maybe gave some op- options for Mary instead of giving that gentleman $10 and thinking what he might buy. We'd, we give her some other opportunities to, to give in good faith that, that it would go towards things she hoped it would go for, for the for the, mm-hmm. the better needs than another fifth of vodka um, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, so Mary, I hope we answered your question. If not, I hope you enjoyed our, our discussion on the topic of why we shouldn't or why we think we shouldn't, but then really why we should be willing to really care about those in need. Absolutely, absolutely. And so I think that that ends our discussion. Ethan, can I give like a teaser of what we want to talk about next week? Yeah, I think we should next. I can, I'm excited for next week. I'm excited next week. So uh, we are going to be answering that beautiful question. Are there evil versions of the Bible? I know that sounds crazy. But we're going to be answering that question. Yeah, I look forward to it. We're going to have some good discussion on the if there's any versions of the Bible that we should stay away from or not and why. Yeah, which version of the Bible did Satan edit? <laughs> we're going to find out and we're going to get back to you. Awesome. Well, it's been good chatting with you, Mike. Yes. Yes, that's a great Great podcast, great discussion. You know, thank you for coming to Friends on the Fringe. And, you know, we're just two friends having a big conversation about the soul. Amen. Amen. Amen.